The Hearth is for you if you're a business leader with a team. Here, we have conversations about how to keep growing when you feel you've reached your capacity, when what you're doing is working, but you're starting to see the cracks, when there's a gap between where you're at now and where you want to be. Here, we find ways to transition through the struggle of survival toward creating a thriving business that supports you and your team as whole humans. Your host is me, Candace Elliott. I'm a business strategist and mentor who specializes in working with business owners who are going through periods of growth especially when you're adding more people to your team. The practices and systems that worked when your team was smaller just don't seem to fit anymore. And when you're caught in stress and reaction, it's tough to reimagine the way that you created your world of work, both your own personal one and the one that you created for others. I help people align their values and business practices to build practical, sustainable, thriving work ecosystems. And no, this isn't just some work utopia talk. To do this, I bring forward my decade-long professional background in human resources and organizational development, working with growing businesses across many sectors and my decades-long search for meaning and wholeness, which includes researching the history of work and how it came to be what it is today, practicing a trauma-informed approach to business, and integrating work, life, and spirituality into a meaningful whole. Let's take this journey together. Hello, hello, brave soul. Today, I am going to be talking about one of the fun things that I get to do with my clients. For me, it's fun, (laughs) at least. And that is figuring out whether someone is an independent contractor who works for you or if they are an employee, it would be amazing for just if, you know, as you're growing up through like high school or as a part of, um, yeah, just as a part of school to learn this kind of basic difference between what an independent contractor is and what an employee is. Because if you want to be an independent contractor, it's really important to be able to preserve that independent contractor status. And that's one of the reasons why Fortress and Flourish is an LLC. One of the reasons why I have contracts that are specific to projects and they're all time bound. Um, it's one of the reasons why my the contracts that I have with my clients are from my business to their business, um, is to be able to preserve that relationship so that I'm protecting my clients so that they're not then liable for missed, missed taxes and wages. You probably know by now, but if you're new to the show, um, 
I am based in California and California has some special laws that have to do with whether someone can be an independent contractor or if they need to be an employee. Um, and we had a, a law that's called the ABC law that went into effect a couple of years ago. And so there have been a lot of shifts in a lot of different organizations, especially arts organizations and fitness organizations, spas, hairdressers, all these different places in shifting um, people who were independent contractors over to employees. But I think this is actually a really important question that comes up for business owners, especially as they are starting to add people to their team. So when you're adding that first person to your team or those first few people to your team, one of the decisions to make is is whether they're going to be an independent contractor or whether they're going to be an employee. And in some situations, it makes sense to have independent contractors. And in others, it makes sense to have employees. And this is all sort of laid out in a lot of legal things that we'll talk about soon. Generally, independent contractors are free from your control. They are setting their own timelines. They are really in control of the profitability of their work. Um, They are usually doing the same kind of work for others. Um, So they're not just doing this work for you. They usually have a higher level of expertise. um, And they're not working with your clients right? They are providing services to you and not to your clients. Most of the people that work for me at Fortress and Flourish are independent contractors um, because I am in the position of doing the client-facing work um, with the support of independent contractors who are helping me on the back end to be able to um, do all of the work that is needed for my clients. Um, that would be different if, for example, I had a coffee shop <laughs> where I needed employees to be at the you know counter making drinks, serving drinks. And that's a, definitely a clear situation where you um, have an employee rather than an independent contractor. Um, but each state has their own independent contractor tests. Not all states have them. Some states do, some states don't. And then federally, there's a test that's called the Borello test. Um, and there are also profession-specific tests. And these are, when I say a test, it's a legal test. Um, legal tests are what they use in court to be able to decide whether something um in this instance, whether someone qualifies as an independent contractor or if they are an employee. And basically in this world of law, <laughs> the the way to think about it is all people are employees unless they fit the rules of what it means to be an independent contractor. So what, how do we figure that out? <laughs> um, and it's, it's, kind of complicated. I've been doing it for a few years now. I've actually come up with a process that's pretty simple. Um, So I have brought together the Borello test, the professional tests, and then any state tests that apply depending on where your company is 
located or where your person is working to determine whether or not someone is an independent contractor or an employee. So we go through all these questions and depending how you answer them, we and and what rules apply depending on the state that you're in and the kind of job that it is, we figure out if they're looking more like an independent contractor or if they're looking more like an employee. Um, so things that look more like an employee are you know, you're determining their hours of work, you are overseeing them or providing them any kind of training, Um, they're in a more entry level kind of a position, they're doing work that is with your clients, they're client facing, Um, they are only working for you, not working for anyone else. Um, And so they're, you know, these are the kinds of things that look more like an employee rather than an independent contractor. Um, just across the board for any state (laughs) that you're in. Um, So if you've never, if you have independent contractors who are working for you and you're listening to me and you're thinking, oh, I wonder if this person, I wonder if I should talk to Candace and find out if this is actually an employee, we can definitely do that. Um, The way that I do that is usually we just start with a 60-minute strategy session. Usually that is plenty of time for us to be able to determine the employer contractor status of your employees. But depending on the complexity or the number of independent contractors and the different jobs that they might have, it might also take a follow-up session. Um, but we generally start with a 60-minute session. I'll put that link in the show notes if you would like to book with me. Coming out of that, if you are if you have an independent contractor who's working for you, and they are looking more like an employee based on your answers to the questions. You know, generally the advice that you would get if you are, um, you know, working with an attorney is to start paying the person as an employee, right? And that it could be my advice too. Another way to do it is to change the responsibilities of the independent contractor so that they are really fulfilling that independent contractor test. And so that's kind of a a more nuanced conversation that we can have if that is the result that's coming about. You know, like if you have someone who they're kind of client-facing, but they're not doing a lot of client-facing work, does it make sense for you to take on that client-facing work and keep them just... Um, behind the scenes. So it depends on the particular situation that's coming up. Another one that I see is, um, you know, just you're setting the hours of when the person is doing the work. And so can you not do that? Can you just allow them to get the work done whenever um, works best for them and just work off of deadlines? You know, that's a, that's one that's generally a pretty easy switch. Um, So so then we we generally make the next steps for you that are just based off of what you want, <laughs> where you're at now, and what is feasible given the constraints of the job that you have. So that all is, you know, assuming that you have an employee 
or excuse me, you have an independent contractor who is currently working for you that you are wanting to assess. Another way that I help people is with hiring their first either independent contractor or employee. So if you are wanting to hire someone, if you're feeling like you need help, like you are at your capacity, you're reaching your capacity, maybe you're beyond your capacity, (laughs) you're working all the nights and the weekends and don't have time to do the things that fulfill you because you are working so hard on your business and you want to support yourself and your business and your clients by bringing on people onto your team, then we can talk about that. Um, Generally, when I help folks with hiring their first independent contractor or employee, starting from absolute ground zero, I have no idea what that person would even do for me, all the way to hiring the person and onboarding them and having them start their first week of work is usually about six to eight weeks um, of time that we spend together. We get together weekly. We talk about your current workload. We talk about what it is that you love to do and how someone working for you can support you to be able to do more of that. We design the job or multiple jobs, depending on the kind of support you're looking for. Um, And then we go out and and we recruit for at least one position together. Um, So we get all the way through that, you know, first um, onboarding process. And so if you are interested in that, I will also put the link below and... Yeah, I think just, you know, generally having gone through a lot of (laughs) assessments of independent contractors versus employees and the whole thing, you know, a lot of times when I get clients who need my help, it is on the other end of this, right? It is that the state employment department has found out that the person is paying people as independent contractors and they should have been employees. And so they're getting fined. And it, I mean, it's so sad. It can be, you know, so much money. I've seen everywhere from 10,000 up to $200,000. And so catching this earlier on, you know, when, when you're new to hiring, you know, when you're designing the first job that you're ever going to hire someone into and just knowing straight from the outset that you're doing it in the right way, um, is what I want to help do. (laughs) And even if you've started hiring independent contractors and employees, but you're not quite sure how, um, that all relates to this complex, (laughs) um, you know, legal stuff, then I would love to be able to help you figure that out and just make sure you've got all of your ducks in a row. So you don't have that kind of hanging, hanging over your shoulder. Um, so I hope you have a great rest of your week and I will see you again next Thursday. Hit subscribe to know when the next episodes come out. And if you're feeling generous, please leave a review. Reviews help other like-minded folks find their way to this resource. 
If something you heard today brought a smile to your face or a spark to your heart, and you'd like to connect with me, there are a few ways to do that. One is my newsletter where I put most of my time and energy when I'm not working with clients or with my family or working on this podcast. Sorry, social media. The newsletter is a mix of real life stories, tips and tricks, and of course, updates on what's happening with the podcast. Whenever something's going on with me or in my business, it always comes out there first. Another resource that I have for you is my guide to doing work differently. This guide takes you through four inquiries into how you can build a more sustainable and equitable work environment for yourself and your team. It's a great place if you're looking for somewhere to get started. Last, if you've got a burning question, a comment, or a situation you'd like my eyes on, you can email me. All those links are in the show notes. Take care, brave soul. Catch you next time.